Welcome in. Friday here on JR Afternoon. It's good to have you. Um, look, our approach to today, today's show is um, we're going to have a little fun. Um, we'll keep you informed on what's going on. But look, it, it's a couple of days before Christmas. And uh, I have some fun stuff planned. I found the top, well, a comprehensive list of the most famous movie quotes from Christmas movies. We'll have a little fun with it later. We'll play a game, give you an opportunity to match a quote to a movie. If you want to play, I'll see if we can stump Danielle and Brian. We'll have a good time. And Rich should probably get involved in this too, actually. You're you're the the wizard of all things movies. So we'll we'll do that later on, and you can participate too. Also, we have free-for-all Friday today. So if there is something a little more serious you want to talk about, we can do it then. Um, but coming up at 218... A a bombshell report by the Detroit News. Donald Trump caught on recording pressuring Wayne County electors not to sign off on ballots and Ronna McDaniels involved. We'll talk to Chad live and good at the Detroit News coming up at 218. But some car dealers that operate under the GM umbrella are hoping that the automaker brings back gas-powered electric hybrids. But the company is still evaluating the marketplace to see if that is truly the right move. According to a new report in the Detroit News, some dealers say customers aren't sold on the fact that the infrastructure is improving enough for electric vehicles. They question the dependability of those vehicles, and range anxiety still very much is in play. So EVs aren't selling at the rate that they'd like them to. Now, General Motors CEO Mary Barra said recently that GM has the technology to revive gas electric hybrid options for its lineup, but no decision's been made to move in that direction, at least as of now. A couple of weeks ago, Mary Barra spoke to the Automotive Press Association and said that GM is still committed to an all EV fleet by 2035, but they're continuing to monitor consumer demands while navigating uh, an incredibly an incredibly stacked regulatory standard set by the federal government as it pertains to electric vehicles and the electrification of the automotive industry. We're going to be led by the, cons- the customer, but I do believe this transition will happen over a, pe- a period of time. That's according to Mary Barr. And, and look, I think from, the, from a dealer's perspective, we just saw it with Buick the other day. Those... About half of Buick dealers took a buyout because they weren't going to put in the three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars worth of upgrades needed to to work on electric vehicles to be able to sell EVs at a high volume. Why? Because the demand still isn't there. As of now, it's not there. So we'll see how this progresses over the course of the year. I would imagine that in 2024, we're going to start seeing some, I would guess, definitive decisions being made on this front by the automakers because they can't just go down this road of hoping that the the sentiment changes on electric vehicles over an entire year. I mean, I understand if you want to offer electric vehicles, God bless. I think there is a certain segment of the population that that is into it. 
But if if the majority, the vast majority of car buyers aren't, well, then you need to adjust your offerings, and I think that's what they're going to do. If you are a procrastinator, if you still have shopping to do for Christmas, there are some stores that will remain open through Christmas Eve. Uh, Costco will be open. Again, these are kind of different hours. They've changed things around. But Costco's going to be open from like 8.30 to 5. CVS, Walgreens will be open with regular hours on Christmas Eve. Uh, Starbucks will be open, but that'll depend on locations. Uh, Kroger, Aldi's will be open. They're closing early. Home Depot, Ikea, Lowe's, Macy's, Sam's Club. Uh, All these places are going to be open. So if you do still need to do some last-minute shopping, you will be able to do it on, on Christmas Eve. Meanwhile, in a, a a pretty substantial move, a couple of federal judges have ruled that 13 of Michigan's House and Senate districts that were redrawn by a bipartisan group are unconstitutional, and they are have been ordered to be redrawn. Now the Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission has to get back to work. The three-judge panel ordered by the Secretary of State to refrain from holding elections in those districts until they are redrawn to be in compliance with the Equal Protection Clause in the U.S. Constitution. It's a significant court ruling. And it could have major implications into the 2024 election when you're going to be reshaping these districts again. And, And that will, it could very well play into how these maps are drawn and and what what the party makeup is going to be in Lansing in the House and Senate. In their decision, federal judges Raymond Keithledge, Paul Maloney, and Janet Neff said the commission's experts relied on incomplete primary data to suggest black voting age percentages that would guarantee a black preferred candidate could make it through the primary to a general election. It was critical in the Detroit area, uh, and the U.S. Appeals Court, uh, Raymond Keithledge, uh, wrote the majority opinion that found that Michigan Citizens Redistricting Commission had violated the Equal Protections Clause in the redrawing of those districts. Yet these experts told the commissioners again and again, based on general election data alone, that black preferred candidates would perform well in these districts, the opinion said. That was a grave disservice to everyone involved in the case, above all voters themselves. So that could have some pretty wide-ranging ramifications too. Meanwhile, the Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission says that it was aware and disappointed of the panel's decision. And again, what what that has to do with the presidential election probably not much. What that has to do with congressional districts maybe a little more, but probably not a whole lot. And and then again, you're going to have this commission, which, you know, it has been billed as nonpartisan. It has been billed as as um, a correction to the, the gerrymandering done 10 years ago, 11 years ago now by 12 years ago now by uh, by by Republicans, those nasty Republicans. And so um, now we're seeing it done in a different way so that that is going to have to be addressed as well. But that will have significant implications going into 2024, especially in a dead, I mean, a, a, almost a dead heat in Lansing right now. I mean, 
We've got equal numbers now in Lansing. Um, very tight majority for Democrats in the Senate. And it is going to be, I think, of the utmost priority for a lot of Republicans in the state to take back those houses, or at least one. I mean, there are efforts underway to fundraise money on behalf of House Republicans. Rick Snyder's doing it to try to gain the majority back. And and this, this comes when you've got potentially at least what looks to be on tap, one of the most heated presidential elections, one of the most important presidential elections coming up at the end of November. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll, we'll cover this story. Donald Trump uh, caught on, on voice recording, pressuring Wayne County electors not to sign off on ballots. Ronna McDaniel was involved. Uh, we'll give you the details coming up next on JR Afternoon. Did Donald Trump step in it again? I guess we'll find out. Uh, According to a new Detroit News report, Donald Trump was recorded pressuring Wayne County canvassers not to certify the 2020 election in Wayne County. What could this mean for Donald Trump down the road? Let's find out. Chad Livengoods, the politics editor at the Detroit News, and joins us. Chad, good to have you. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, You reviewed this this audio. uh, What was in it? Yeah, so uh, reporter Craig Mogger at the Detroit News uh, uh, reviewed this audio that that uh, reveals uh, a telephone call took place between uh, Donald Trump when he was president uh, on November twenty uh, November seventeenth, twenty twenty, along with Ronna McDaniel, the Republican National Committee chairwoman and uh, native of, of Michigan, uh, resident of Wayne County along with the two canvassers, the Republican canvassers on the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, Monica Palmer and the now late William Hartman. Uh, this call took place at uh, late at night uh, during a break between uh, while the, the Board of Canvassers was, was uh, trying to decide whether to certify the election. The, the Palmer and Hartman had voiced opposition and then later in the same meeting, they voted to to approve the certification of the of Wayne County's election results uh, from the 2020 election. But this phone call reveals that that President Trump and Ronna McDaniel tried to pressure uh, Monica Palmer and and William Hartman to not certify, to not sign the document certifying the election. Um, and their their larger strategy was to try to buy more time for an audit that goes beyond what the normal audits that, that take place after elections was. Um, this is relevatory because we haven't, we've heard about a phone call uh, that took place. Monica Palmer has acknowledged it. She did this, did so in her testimony to uh, the, um, the congressional committee, but she testified that simply, essentially the president uh, was calling to see how she was doing because she was getting, they were getting a lot of harassment uh, and whatnot. But this recording reveals that there was an actual effort by the president to ask them to to not certify and that Ron McDaniel, the chair of the Republican National Committee, um, offered up uh, attorneys uh, for uh, to represent these public officials if if they would um, uh, not sign the document and go home that night. And so when you say pressure, what was the pressure applied by Ron McDaniel and, and Donald Trump? Was there was there ultimatums given? Were, were there were there consequences? What were what was the pressure exactly? 
the tone of the of the, of the call, according to uh, to our reporting, is that the the, the pre- president was was laying it on that you know look we've we've got his he's quoted as we've got to fight for our country we can't let these people take our country away from us uh it was more of a lot of the same of what he was saying publicly but this is the first time we've learned that that he was actually uh going down to the county level to try to influence the decision by election officials on on uh on certifying the election are are you aware um are you are you the first outlet to receive this audio um is this being is this being made available in other investigations um that that Donald Trump is is facing we are the first outlet to report on the existence of this audio um i can't speak to whether um investigators have obtained it or are trying to obtain it uh um, but there are multiple criminal investigations involving the former president where this might um, uh, be, be useful and possibly for, for prosecutors. I mean, we could, uh, this is there are similar phone calls that have been alleged to have taken place down in Georgia uh, that, um, uh, you know, that are a subject of that um, uh, criminal investigation and prosecution of the former president and his associates. Um, and, and obviously there's a larger investigation uh, taking place in in Washington D.C. about the uh, the events that led up to the January sixth uh, riot at the U.S. Capitol. Um, I'm curious to know a little bit um, about the events in the aftermath of this. Did did the 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 source that that supplied this to you or those close to uh, Monica or or William Hartman did, was there any indication that there was follow ups uh, in this case? Well. The uh, the source I, I can just describe that the uh, the information we obtained here came through an intermediary uh, who also had heard recordings but was not present and mm-hmm. uh, and th- th- there was uh, a a time in between um, where the meeting uh, stopped on November seventeenth, twenty twenty, and that's when this phone call took place. Monica Palmer um, does not uh, dispute uh, the contents of the call, and neither does uh, Re- Republican National Committee woman uh, Ronna McDaniel. Um, Monica Palmer also says she doesn't recall what mm-hmm. what was said. Now, that is also kind of what she said to the press, or to, excuse me, to the to the to the congressional committee that investigated January sixth that she didn't recall the, the contents of the call. She did tell the reporters re- reporters that day or within the, that couple of days uh, in November of 2017 that it was the call was about uh, the president inquiring about her safety. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, this is this is all new information that's coming to light. Here. You you also highlighted in this piece and, and Craig Mauger, uh, certainly um, that there were other people in the vehicle when when this call was made and Monica Palmer mentioned that that there was there there could have been somebody else in the vehicle because they uh, both William Hartman and Monica Palmer were in a vehicle when they took this call together. Um, is there any indication who those people were that that got into the vehicle and overheard this call too? There's not. Hmm. Uh, well, it's interesting stuff, and this is uh, certainly new information. What are you hearing from the Trump campaign on this? Uh, the Trump campaign, essentially, their response is that the, that the Trump's actions—they're not denying he said this—but uh, they are they, they're 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 contending that he was taking actions to 
further his duty as president uh, to what they say, faithfully take care of the laws and ensure election integrity. Um, uh, again, th- this is still still a very extraordinary uh, act for a president of the United States to call local election officials and ask them not to carry out their duty, um, essentially. And, and the, the board of canvassers, after there's the, the canvas of the election is done, um, their, their vote to certify the election is usually a formality. Um, so for this kind of pressure to be to be applied uh, by the by the um, by the president of the United States uh, you know, was really um, an extraordinary uh, moment here. Mm. Uh, interesting stuff, uh, Chad Livingood. We'll continue to watch uh, the aftermath of this. Uh, appreciate the time as always. Have a wonderful Christmas with you and the family. Thanks a lot. Take care. You yeah, too. You Merry got Christmas. it. That's Chad Livingood with the Detroit News. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this could come back to bite Donald Trump? You know, Donald Trump certainly has has, you know, in in the 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 text that we've seen from a lot of these conversations. Um, Donald Trump doesn't specific. He doesn't. He's very careful and calculating it in the way he speaks. He doesn't come out and say. Um, we need to delay this so we can see if we can make sure that there is, you know, it's, it's very calculated. It's, well, we need to make sure that the elections are fair and the numbers don't seem to be adding up, but there isn't specific allegations made. It's, well, let's hold off. Um, do you think that this could come back to bite Donald Trump? 800-859-0957. I got about a minute here before I got to go break. David's in Ypsilanti. What's up, David? Hey, yeah, I'm just wondering if the public will ever hear these recordings. And two, I'm suspicious of the timing. I mean, this is three years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago plus, and now this comes to light. What's the motivation of whoever re- released these uh, videos to the news? Yeah, David, and and, and 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 I don't and I don't think this is ever gonna this is gonna change what Trump does or what happens to him. So yeah, David, I appreciate that. the call. Have a nice Christmas. Um, I I too am skeptical of the timing. I too am. Um, you know, my my eyebrows kind of went up and said, oh, it's pretty interesting. Pretty also pretty interesting that it comes out, you know, the the Friday before, uh, you know, the, the, the at least the story was released the Friday before Christmas. So a little slower news time. Um, but but, yeah, I, I always am curious about the timing and the release of things and when things were made made public and made available to the press. I, I, I think that those things always need to be looked at. Uh, We'll get to your calls, your texts coming up next as we continue here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. All right, a little bit of breaking news. Speaking of Donald Trump, the Supreme Court said that it would not immediately decide on presidential broad immunity for Donald Trump as it results in the 2020 presidential election case. The court denied special counsel Jack Smith's request in asking the justice to circumvent the normal appeals court process and quickly decide on the legal question about whether or not Donald Trump has presidential immunity over these charges. If Trump were to win on this, here's what would happen. If Donald, if the, if the Supreme Court says, yep, there's presidential immunity, these, these charges in the Jack Smith case would go out the door. It would be like a plate of my mother's cannolis on Christmas Day. They vanish. 
If, however, he loses, then the legal proceedings will continue. And there could potentially be other issues that could be brought up uh, in, in that case. So as a result of SCOTUS not taking it up immediately, it gets kicked down to the Court of Appeals and they'll have first crack at it. Oral arguments will be on January 9th. So very interesting here. The Supreme Court kicking that case down the road, Jack Smith not getting the expedited decision he wants, and now the Court of Appeals in D.C. will have first crack at it. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Off to the phone lines, Bob's in Algonac. What's up, Bob? Hey there. Hey. Uh, my, my concern, and I think the concern of everybody should be, that in Detroit, approximately 70% of the individual voting areas, I don't know what they're called, Precincts uh, did not. They did not tally correctly. The the numbers for the amount of people that voted, together with the ballots, did not match. No, and and, and Bob, that's not that's not entirely true. And and okay. then what is the percentage? I don't know the percentage offhand, but it wasn't seventy percent. There were a couple of cases where the tabulating was slightly off, and I mean slightly by a handful of votes and and they were they were corrected. And by the way, remind you, Donald Trump actually did better in Detroit than he did 4 years earlier. Yeah, but my contention still is and, and I think you should check that number because the, the numbers that I have seen and I I've been involved in Detroit politics for quite a while. I remember when Kwame Kilpatrick rigged the election there and and beat uh, Freeman all right, Bob, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Have yourself a Merry Christmas. Uh, let's go to Matt in Beaverton, Beaverton, Michigan. Where is, where is, oh, uh, Breverton? No, Chris, can you hear me? I got you, Matty. Yeah, Beaverton. We're up here. Uh, you know, we're the ones that lost the lake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're up in the Midland area. Yep, just north. Uh, north I heard, Pacific. are they going to start filling that thing back up again, by the way? I heard, I heard that's happening soon. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of work and stuff. Uh, yeah. They're telling us the, the Four Lake Task Force is telling us in 2026. Are you on the lake, Matt? I'm right on the lake. I'll tell you, it is a sad state of affairs up there. I was driving up to Mount Pleasant uh, not long ago, and uh, um, I'm so sorry what happened to you guys up there. It, it is, it is sad. It is a real bummer. Yeah, it, it didn't have to happen. But no, I did. know. All right, Maddie, what do you got for me? So this phone call that, that Trump made, to me, it's, it's, it's going to be another perfect phone call. Mm. Like you were saying, he, he doesn't go off on these phone calls. He just says what he has to say. He's pretty direct about it. And there was, a, you know, I think there was a lot of fraud in Michigan. You should get the, a former state senator, Pat Kolbeck. I don't know if he's been on your program. He has not been but on I my program. I recently watched. Mm-hmm. Okay. I recently watched. I had saved an interview that OAN did about a month after the election, and he was there at the TCF Center, and he's an IT guy. Yeah, I, I am familiar says, with Pat Kolbeck. I am okay. familiar. I am familiar with his and claims. And and look, the 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 issue the issue is if Donald Trump and, and man, I appreciate the call, man. Have yourself a good Christmas. 
I uh, for you me, too, yeah, yeah. For me, that th- what Donald Trump is so good at doing, and and he is very good at trying to to broach a topic, but not, in my opinion, not step over the line. So Donald Trump, being a, a decorated businessman and, and you know doing a business in New York City, which is a notorious place to do business. Um, you don't, you know, if that, like, let's say Donald Trump thought, okay, this election was totally stolen for me. This election was stolen and we need to, we need to do everything we can to, to turn this thing around. Right. If that's what he thought inside and he comes out and says that, well, boom, you nail him to a wall and it's over. But he, he speaks in, in these kind of vague ways. So it's very difficult, in my opinion, to pin them down on certain issues. So when you say it's a perfect call, it's one of those things where is is what he's saying so egregious that you can pin a charge on him? And I, I'm not sure that you can in this case, but I'm sure that there's going to be you know cases or this will be submitted as evidence in in current cases. Uh, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Dave's in Rochester. What's up, David? Hey, Chris. Hey, hey, Chris. Uh, this means nothing. It's a bunch pile. Why would they? Why would? Why does this add to anything? They already got to use Chris Christie's uh, analogy: a clean shot to the head. Okay. Here's here's part of the forty-five page indictment, seven and a half page. In fact, Mike Pence called attention to it. He. This, this is a direct quote. Okay. This, this is what the Colorado Supreme Court is going to make. Remember the Bruno Mali shoes that. Petroselli, instead of going through all that DNA, all that crap, this is what it will get down to. I think it's important that the American people know what happened in the days before January 6th. This is Pence talking. Mm -hmm. President Trump demanded that I use my authority as vice president presiding over the county electoral college to essentially overturn the election by returning our literally rejecting votes. I had no authority to do that. Mm -hmm. For those who might doubt me, Pence urged them to read the indictment. Okay. So, 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 so that's enough for you. That 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 that's the that's it. That's what the that whole case is going to. That is going to that is going to be a a rejection, a a a insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution, which the Article three of amendment 14 calls for they, and they, this is yeah yeah well, I, i'm only i'm only up against it because i wanted to ask you one other question what do you make of the supreme court deciding to punt jack smith's request down to the appeals court well i'm surprised it's obviously going to create create a delay yeah it's going to create I, a delay. I think i think it public with the public with the public impression taken on this colorado thing which is favorable as i mentioned the other day 54 35 plus their unfavorability that's going to put even more pressure on them on the on, on rejecting the Colorado case because I think it's a pretty simple, straightforward one uh, read against the simple uh, 110 words uh, uh, three for anyone who bothers right. to read the, the right. darn the darn uh, amendment uh, clause. Yeah. All right, Dave. All right, Dave. Look, I got to run. Uh, have yourself a merry Christmas. We'll talk to you in the new year. All right, we got to take a break. More coming up next, right right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, how you doing, sir? Thanks I'm, for taking my call. You got it, man. What's going on? Hey, yeah, you know, I woke up this morning and, uh, you know, read the news, read the Detroit News article mm-hmm. about the uh, the Trump, the, the phone call from mm-hmm. Trump and uh, his, his efforts to do what he did. 
and I knew, I said to myself, I'm going to listen to WJR today, and at some point I'm going to hear them try to spin it and say, it's not a big deal, no no problem, just like what you guys are doing. No, mm. no problem. When did I say it wasn't a big deal? It. Ryan, when did I say it wasn't a big deal? Oh, I've been hearing it all day. Oh, I've been okay. hearing it all day, and Got then, I, and then I've, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing you guys in the previous calls you made trying to talk your way around it. I've been on for 48 minutes and 30 seconds, FYI. But okay, yes. go ahead. Yes. And, and FYI, I know that you guys are propagandists on this station. Oh, I totally get it. Really? You, you do your, yeah, you receive your RNC talking points every morning or you receive them from the Trump campaign. You're in lockstep what? with the stuff that they're saying. Where is that email? Ryan, I would love for you to show me the, the, the daily RNC yeah. talking points that I get. Do you want to know how I know that? I the way I know that is... Uh, the I, I watching Fox News yesterday, uh-huh. listening to WJR, uh, watching the, or listening to WJR today, and a number of other right wing outlets. Because I purposely checked this to see what, how this works. Sure, you're using the same the same verbiage, the same expressions, the same message, the same talking points, saying the same thing. Oh, we don't don't worry about the Donald Trump phone call. We want an national oh. divorce. We want we want civil war. We want we want a Donald Trump dictatorship and all the different ways that you guys try to couch those expressions. So I just got to put it out there for you and the listeners, and I won't take up much more of your time. Hey, Dan, yeah, hit the button. Hit it. Ryan, Merry Christmas. See ya. Nonsense. I would love Ryan since he apparently is Inspector Gadget. Go ahead, Ryan. Find me anytime I've said any of those things. I'll wait. I work at the Fisher Building. Address it to me. I'd love for you to find that evidence. I wish we got talking points every morning. Make our job and a make lot our easier. job a hell of a lot easier. Please send me some talking points, please. All right. I apologize to Natalie Compton. I was very excited about this topic. <laughs> Natalie Compton is with the Washington Post. Uh, and Natalie, I have to tell you, my blood pressure is high, but I am full of holiday spirit. And I must tell you, I have always thought, A, it's, it's been two thoughts. I love Home Alone. I love Home Alone 1. I love Home Alone 2. Anything that came after that isn't a part of the Home Alone universe, and I, dis- I disavow it. But I always wondered, A, what the parents did in that movie. What jobs did they have to be able to afford the house, all those kids, flying the whole family out to Paris? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable bill, I would imagine. And you've done the research on this, and it turns out it's pretty darn expensive. Yes, it is not cheap to take 15 people to Paris, especially if you're letting the four adults go first class and the kids ride coach. But that's a lot of people, a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of flights. Did you factor in the crystal wear that the uncle took also on the flight? Was that factored in? You know, what a luxurious bygone (laughs) era where we get crystal serving wear on a flight. Um, We did not factor in the price of crystal then and now, and would he be stealing more than it's worth? Would he be in a French uh, prison when they landed? (laughs) Yeah. 
he's going straight to airport jail yeah. and good luck getting out. All right. So you but, took into account airport transfer. You took into account flights, uh, the emergency flights home for the mother, uh, the carpooling with the polka band, which I absolutely love. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of break it down for me. Sure. So I talked to travel experts to kind of get a ballpark estimate of what these things would cost now. And also, would they be more expensive now than if you did it in the 90s? And what people told me was airport transfers, yes, have changed in price. Fuel has gone up. But we also have new apps like Uber and Lyft. And with that competition, that drives prices down. So even though it was probably... uh, different we can say it's it's a wash airport transfer is probably about the same today so if you were going to try to get 15 people to the airport you can expect to pay 260 plus dollars on that Um, not cheap but you are flying with 15 people so that's on you Uh, when it comes to flights the good news for travelers in 2023 is that Compared to 1990, flight prices are 30% cheaper these days than back then. Really? That doesn't mean, yeah, it's, we're living in the golden age of travel now. And even though we see prices go up, 2019, things seem very expensive to us. It's still 30% cheaper than it was in the 90s. So I, it always sticks out to me. They, I think right. they ordered, uh, how many pizzas did they order in Home Alone mm-hmm. in, the, in the initial uh, opening scene? 12 pizzas or something like that? It was like 120 bucks. Come out to much yeah, yeah, I was, was impressed a, by that. Yeah, great. A great steal. Uh, now, you know, we have a lot of different pizza options. I, I think somebody else did the math, and, and that price has also gone up. But when it comes to the airline flights today, if you wanted to recreate this trip to Paris, you could expect to pay about $3,100 a piece for those business <sighs> class seats uh, to Paris on American. And for those 11 kids in coach, each of those tickets would be at least a grand. So if you were adding all that up, for the one uncle who volunteered to pay for this entire trip for the McAllisters, you're looking at 25 grand for the airfare alone. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, It's a a very comprehensive look, and I appreciate you doing the work. So the grand total, (laughs) when all is said and done, ended up being what? We're looking at about $2,800 or more for this sweet Uncle Rob, including the chaotic emergency flights home for half the family to go get Kevin. $28,000. It's a lot of money. If you could give one travel tip to people traveling this Christmas season, uh, what's the most important thing people need to remember? If you were somebody traveling like the McAllisters, I would definitely recommend travel insurance. You'll have that trip interruption coverage in case you need to fly home and rescue your son. Yeah. Otherwise, I would say do not check a bag this holiday season if you can avoid it. And if you must, put an air tag in there, some kind of tracker, even tile if you didn't want an Apple product. Because if you are stressed out looking for your bag this holiday season, the Christmas cheer goes right out the window. So responsibly and and maybe uh be a little more um uh timely for your flight maybe set two alarms just in case the power <laughs> goes out and and uh you need to catch your flight i would set two alarms a backup alarm will, will nest, do you a lot of good nest cameras in case you have two wildly <laughs> blurred coming to your house yeah yes. 
Uh, Natalie, good stuff. Thank you very much. Have a good Christmas. We'll talk to you again soon. Safe travels. Yeah, that's Natalie Compton with the Washington Post. Twenty eight thousand bucks for that trip to Paris. That's that's a that's a lot of dough. Uh, real quick, out to Vince in Northville before we take our break. Vince, what's up, bud? Hey, Chris. Just want to say congratulations on your hardcore first hate call. You did very well. I'm Thanks, very impressed. Man. Hey, just want to let you know the Supreme Court doesn't want to touch this issue with Trump. They don't want their fingers on it. That's why they kicked it to the lower courts because uh, if the, the Supreme Court were to take it, it would look it would be impropriety on their part trying to potentially do election interference. And the justices are smart enough with the current temperature of the country as it is right now, and they don't want to weigh either way. So that's why they're kicking it back to the lower courts. And either way, they're going to win because now that it gets kicked back to the lower courts, it's going to take it to the end of 2024 with all the uh, legal briefs that got to be filed. At that point, either Donald Trump's going to be elected or he's going to go away because he's going to be aged out. And this is the reason why the Supreme Court decided just to leave it alone. Well, yeah, and Vince, you're, you're, you're partly right. And I think this is a win for the Trump legal team because they yeah. wanted this route anyway. They wanted to, to make their case in a lower court before and, it got and, to the Supreme Court. And one other point that real I want quick, to make real is quick. sometimes when the Supreme Court gets involved, like with the abortion issue, okay, if they would have just left it alone and not messed with Roe versus Wade, even though I'm a Christian conservative, yeah. I think we would have been better off all than right, we Vince, are right now. Vince, I got to run. Have a Merry Christmas, all right, man? We'll talk to you in the new year. Got to take a break. More next on WJR. Three o'clock hour. We got free for all Friday coming up for you at three eighteen. We got Lomas Brown coming up uh, at the uh, uh, to end the show. Lions with a big divisional game this weekend. They could wrap it up and be playoff bound uh, and 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 win this division for the first time ever and win the division that they're in for the first time in what over thirty years. So it's a big game, and I fully expect uh, them to win. Um. I want to get you caught up on a couple of news stories, but we've got texts on Caller Ryan or uh, Caller Ryan called in. I don't know. I don't know, you know, who uh, who took his candy cane today. I don't know. I, but but he came in hot yeah. and uh, and he accused me of a lot of things. And it was all I mean, he's he's puffing his chest out like he's Arnold at Mystery Universe. <laughs> I don't want to hear none of it. I don't I don't want to hear none of it. And so <laughs> apparently the, the text line is lit the up. What do we got, Brian? Lit up. Uh, here's one. Uh, the wacky collars are in full force today. Uh, why? So says, well, why? Everybody should be in a good mood. Eggnog again, going around. Just because Trump says there's fraud, there's fraud. No evidence needed. Pillow guy said that. Must be fraud. <laughs> oh, this guy just says, liars will blame you for what they do. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, Chris. Don't let the libs get to you. Well, I don't like the libs. Republic doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm going to have a nice Christmas. This guy says, uh, Ryan is an idiot. I worked for the MIGOP and local campaigns. I know for a fact you guys at WJR do not get the talking uh, points. How about this? <laughs> if they offered talking points, uh, I wouldn't take them. You could, you, could, you could send it right back. Return to sender. I don't want none of it. I, I'm not bought and paid for. You're not, I'm not on anybody's staff. I don't, you're not, you're not my mom or my dad. You don't get to tell me what to do. <laughs> that's my job. I know. I know. Yeah. That's Brian's <laughs> job. 
And sometimes I don't even listen to him. No, most people don't. <laughs> Join the very large crowd. <laughs> talking points. I'll show you talking points. All right. I actually have a lot of fun stuff to do today. Uh, we have Free For All Friday coming up. You can do whatever you want to talk about. There is lots of news to talk about. And we can do that. If you want to do some Christmas stuff, I've got questions for you. I have the definitive list of the the top movie quotes from Christmas movies, the most famous quotes from Christmas movies. If you want to call in, I could give you a quote. You could guess. I'll try to stump Brian and Dave, uh, or Brian and Dave, Brian and Danielle. Uh, Rich Luzinski can participate. We'll have ourselves a good time. Um, also, I've got a question about what makes Christmas Christmas for you. And is a preferable Christmas gift this? Some people hate it. Some people love it. We'll, all, we'll cover it all. But some big news today. Supreme Court deciding not to take up special counsel Jack Smith's request to immediately debate and rule on whether presidential immunity exists when presidents are in office. And if Donald Trump and presidential immunity apply in his investigation, because if presidential immunity exists, all those charges against Donald Trump and Jack Jack Smith's investigation go away. If it doesn't, then the investigation continues and the legal proceedings continue. But they've kicked it down to the appeals court in D.C., so they will rule on it first, which is exactly what Donald Trump has wanted. Certainly, at the bare minimum, have his case heard and kick the can down the road. Democrats want an expedited process. Jack Smith wants an expedited process. And at least as of now, he's not going to get it. Uh, Meanwhile, some GM dealers are hoping that the automaker bringing back Hybrids is a realistic possibility, but the company still evaluating if the market is right for that move. General Motors CEO Mary Barra said recently that GM does have the technology to revive gas electric hybrid options, but no decision has been made to move in that direction. But they still are planning to be an all EV fleet by 2035. At least that's what Mary Barra told the Automotive Press Association earlier this month. She said we're going to be led by the customer. But I do believe this transition will happen over a period of time. Sure, anything can happen over a period of time. What is that time frame? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it 11 years? Is it 15 years? Because if it's anything over 11 years, I mean, we're, we're going to be well past the 2035 deadline. And, and there are still things that they have to consider. Because obviously, the consumer is always the first consideration. And then you have to go to the regulatory issues at play, federal government issuing different regulatory decisions that would push automakers towards EVs. But um, we'll continue to watch that because I think that's going to be pretty important. Uh, If you do still need to do some last minute Christmas shopping, stores are going to remain open through Christmas Eve. Uh, Times probably will vary, but places like Costco, Sam's Club will be open. Uh, Macy's, Home Depot, Lowe's, they'll all be open. Aldi, Kroger. Starbucks, Walgreens, CVS, all those places will remain open. Uh, our subject to change. But if you do still need some spot, some stuff, some gifts, uh, then those places are, are good spots uh, for you to go. All right. I want to set this question up and we'll open the lines, give you an opportunity to participate. 
We've got free for all Friday coming up at three eighteen. If you want to, if you want to bring up a topic, um, we do our best to 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 bring up the the most important issues. Um, and look, it's 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 a couple days before Christmas. We're doing things a little lighter today. Um, but here here's the question. And Brian brought this up yesterday. It was a good one in our pre show meeting. It isn't Christmas until you have this. It isn't Christmas until you have this. What is that? It can be a food item. It can be a decoration. It can be a game. It can be a tradition, whatever it is. What is that thing that you have to have Christmas, Christmas Eve in order to make it the holidays, in order to make it Christmas? For me, Christmas Eve was always bigger than Christmas Day. And I'm Italian. We do Feast of the Seven Fishes, which if you are like me and don't like fish, it's not the greatest dinner option out there. And always, I always said, Christmas Eve is always the hungriest I am in the year. (laughs) Thankfully, my mother, God bless her, started making uh, pasta sauce with, with no fish in it. But Feast of the Seven Fishes, we do... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm sorry. Did you? You're saying there's fish in the pasta sauce? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, I Tarantinoed it. You see what I did? No, I don't. Know, I don't know that. Um, the the hallmark to Feast of the Seven Fishes is bacala. Bacala is a salted cod. It's a salt cured cod. Because back in the day, which whenever that was, when they didn't have refrigeration. They had to salt cure meats. So that's where bacala came from. And it's incredibly salty, as you can imagine. And if you're me, it's awful. But it's a tradition. And it, the house smells terrible, but it's a tradition. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Uh, we also do uh, anchovies, little little fillets of anchovies on orange slices. Tradition. We do stuffed squid, calamari. Uh, we mix things up. We'll do shrimp. We'll do tuna steaks. We've had sea, uh, swordfish steaks before. Um, any type of whatever gets you to seven fishes. Mussels, which aren't fish or shellfish, but you count it. So that's that's right off the bat. That to me is Christmas. And then Christmas, actually Christmas Day, we used to do homemade raviolis. And that was Christmas too. Danielle, what, what, I'll tell you what. I'll take a break. We're late. You're going to yell at me. Uh, we'll get to yours, Brian's, uh, and then you, the caller. What do you need to have in order for it to be Christmas, in order for it to be the holiday? You need to have something. What is it? 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Got to take a break. More next. All right, welcome back. 318, free-for-all Friday. A free-for-all holiday Friday. We're going to fund the rest of the show. We got Lomas Brown coming up at 348, big Lions game this weekend. Uh, Dave Rieger's here, though, uh, the producer of the Paul of, uh, of Focus with Paul W. Smith. Um, and you are you you're Jewish, so the, the Christmas is nothing. Well, Christmas, yes. My my niece was born on Christmas, so it is okay, her birthday. So it's but, her birthday, but, but technically, yes, it is a day. But of, so happy belated closed. Hanukkah. Everything's closed. Uh, yeah, but but so what do you do on Christmas? What's Christmas for you? Christ- well, so this year Christmas Eve for me is a Chinese restaurant. Okay, and uh, watch some football. Yep. Or or the casino. Okay. Uh, the movies. Yeah. I mean, that's about all that's open. That's a great day. So, yeah. 
So it's like that's how we. And that's do what do you do? Do you do anything for Olive's birthday? Yeah, we'll go over to her, her uh, to her house, to my brother's house, and we'll celebrate. Okay. So she gets to celebrate, you know, because my brother's Jewish, my sister in law Allison is is Christian, so she okay. gets Christmas, Hanukkah, her birthday, <laughs> Easter. She gets everything. She's like a, a divorced family. Right. Uh, but but everybody's together. Right. That's, so she, so that's she, wonderful. She gets everything. That's good. Well, but, that's good. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I don't know that I've ever known anybody born on Christmas. Yeah, she's born, yeah. I mean, Christmas obviously, there are people out there. I just I, I don't yeah. know anybody. That's yeah. cool. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, enjoy the day. Thank you. Yes. That, but that you wanted to know what, what I think about Christmas? What's, Christmas to you and is, Christmas is Chinese- sweet and sour chicken. There you go. Exactly. Is that what you get? I, it is. is that- <laughs> a lot of people get almond boneless. I'm, I'm sweet and sour chicken. Oh, that's disgusting. Sauce on the sauce on side. All right, get out of here. Thank you, David. Enjoy the holiday. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Let's go to Trish in Birmingham quickly. What's up, Trish? Oh, you, well, you asked, it's not Christmas unless. Well, yeah. for us, it's unless we're at our uh, church services, of course. Mm-hmm. That's why we're, why we're doing all this. People kind of forget. Well, there's no doubt. Uh, Trish, do you, um, uh, like I'm Catholic, so we always used to do the midnight mass. Um, what, what time is your, is your service? Um, there's a variety of times for us. Um, we've done the, the midnight, uh, service and, um, that's a little rough. Yeah, (laughs) it is. is. A lot of churches, a lot of churches, my church offers, I don't even know if they offer midnight mass anymore. I think they do like 9 or 9.30 is the latest Mass they do now. I don't even think they do Midnight Mass anymore. Yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. All right, yeah. well, Trish, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a, have a good one, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Uh, Danielle, what is, your, what is your thing that you must have in order for it to be the holidays? Um, in order I, for it to be Christmas. In order for it to be Christmas Day, I have to have corned beef hash. Oh, really? Yes. Is that for breakfast? That is for breakfast. Oh, nice. Wake up, open presents, then eat the food. Open presents, then eat the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Also fudge. Oh, that does sound good. Fudge? Yeah, but it has to be homemade. Like, really? I actually have to make it. Or else... You make fudge? Yeah, I just don't share it with you guys. I was going to say, we've never seen any evidence of this. <laughs> I guess yeah, because I... it's in my belly, y'all. I guess I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right, fudge and corned beef hash. Uh, Brian, what's yours? What do you, what do you uh, gotta have? My, my mom used to make a cake. It's like a fruit cake, but it's not a fruit cake. It's mostly pecans, coconut, and those orange slice candies that you get baked. Oh, really? Into a cake. Oh, yeah. Like the gummy oranges? Yes. Yes. Really? They're like gummy oranges, and she, you in cut a, them up. In a cake? In a cake. It's a little fruit cake, and then you, I think you soak it with, or, I know it sounds disgusting. They're really gross, but what it is happens so to the good. to the gelatin in those in those orange slices? It just it cooks into the cake. Does I it mean, stay like a yeah. gel? Oh, oh yeah. really? There's pieces of it, like a fruit cake, but it's orange slices. There's no other fruit in it. There's no fruit in it. Do you chop up the orange slices? Yeah, you she chopped in... up the orange oh, okay, slices. Okay. Chopped up, okay. um, chopped up pecans, coconuts in it, and then oh, you soak the whole thing with some orange juice. I believe Ooh. I haven't had it in a long time, but that. When you tell me Christmas, that's what I that's, want. And, that's and Christmas. She's made it a couple of times since I've been married, and my wife has yet to taste it. <laughs> it doesn't last. Long it doesn't. In our it house. doesn't no. get to Bev. No, I'm sorry, Bev. Eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven eight hundred eight five nine zero WJR. Chris is in Northville. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. It's not 
in our house, it's not Christmas until I hold up the 1950s Pyrex bowl of bacala and tell my father, Dad, stop making this stuff. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, it's a distinct smell, isn't it? It's horrible, and it just goes to show uh, just because it's Italian doesn't mean it's good. I know. Chris, I hear you. Uh, but look, you know what? It's a tradition. Do you do you do the whole seven fishes? Well, unfortunately, they do. They only get to about five. Okay. Uh, but I am. I hit the Coney Island. I hit the Coney Island at five o'clock, and by seven o'clock, I eat Italian bread and maybe uh, maybe a little spaghetti and oil and garlic. But none of that. The, the bacalao. It's it's absolutely disgusting. They used I, to soak it in the bath. They used to soak it in the bathtub. Yep. So when they tell stories about the old days, it turns everybody <laughs> off even more. Yeah. But it, it is a horrible tasting food. When they had to make the bacala, the, the the salty cod, if they had something else, they would have never made this stuff. Yeah. Chris, I, I'm with you. Hey, man, have yeah. a good Christmas. We'll talk you to you in the new year. You. Yeah, you got it, bud. 800-859-0957. Greg's in Detroit. What's up, Greg? Hey, Chris. I listen to you a lot. I think you've done a great job. I'll enjoy your show. Thanks, I just man. want to say that. Appreciate it. It's not Christmas in the Garofalo household until... My wife makes Sicilian Gucciadada cookies. Oh. You know what those are? I, you know what? I'm not sure that I do. Well, and also Sicilian S cookies. Oh, those I do know, and I love those. Right. They're homemade. The Gucciadada cookies has pecans, almonds, walnuts, um, wet figs, dry figs. Then you take the wet fig syrup and... Reduce it with Italian cinnamon, and you put it mm. over the mixture for three days in a row. I don't know who thinks of this stuff, man. Three and days in a row? Yeah, yeah. You got to let it ferment. And then it's like, uh, then you cook it. Oh, then you have to add chocolate. Then you have the dough and the icing and the Italian cinnamon. And 10 cookies weigh about a pound and a half. <laughs> Greg, I didn't know us Italians were so patient. Usually we got to make something, then it's got to go right in the, in the, in the face right. hole. Hey, yeah, your other caller said if it's, it's it, anything Italian is good, but sometimes it's not. These are delicious. And uh, my dad was from Sicily, so there you go. And I make lasagna every uh, every Christmas, but i got to make a big pot of sauce first, mm-hmm. then lasagna. Yep. It's a lot of work. Yep. But it's good. My four boys are there. But, hey, your show is excellent. You do a good, great job. Merry Thank, Christmas. Thanks, Greg. Merry Christmas to you, my man. Appreciate you. Uh, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. All right, here's my next question. Oh, Brian, what do you got? You do have a couple of texts. All right, let's get to those. One of them is the obvious one, family. Yeah. Okay. Boo. Here's... Boo. <laughs> right. Now, here's one you'll <laughs> like. It isn't Christmas for me until dot, dot, dot. I have about 15 beers in me. Heck, yeah, let's go. Maybe Steve Courtney texting us. I'm That's not probably sure Courtney. <laughs> Courtney's getting the, the holidays underway early. Uh, eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. All right, here's my here's my next question to you. All right, gift giving has become a, 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 a an incredibly difficult thing, and it's become it's become difficult, but also easier. You know, gift giving generally is well, I'm going to get you something that you like, or I'm going to make you something, or or I'm going to do the 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 hard work of trying to figure out what you want until 
the gift card. And now it's almost a default. It's almost, like, I don't know what they want. So we'll get the gift card. Would would you prefer a gift or a gift card? What is it? Because there is no, like, well, gift cards are fine. It's either you like the gift card or you don't. You either like the gift card or you don't. I don't care for a gift card. I mean, they're nice. You go out and, and get what you need. But I actually would prefer not to get any presents. I like to give gifts. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Your stance on gift cards. It's a hot topic. Love to hear from you. 800-859-0957. We'll continue our calls next right here on JR Afternoon. All right, couple of questions out there for you. Thoughts on gift cards. You either love them or you hate them. And you need to have this. Whatever that is, that thing, that food, that decoration. You need to have that thing for Christmas. What is that for you? Uh, Mark's in Livonia has got some thoughts on gift cards. What's up, Mark? All right. I'd like to make three very quick points. All right. Number one, a lot of times people buy a gift and the person doesn't really need it. And that's why you see that long line of returns or whatever. <laughs> yeah. where the card, You know, then they can actually, you know, use it mm-hmm. uh, for gas, for maybe they do need something, you know, uh, clothing or whatever. But the latest scam that I saw on TV is when you go into a store and you, you see those gift cards that you pull off the shelf, then you have to activate them. Yeah. Well, they take them home, open them up carefully, steal all the information in the serial number, glue the thing back up, put it back on the shelf in the store. Oh. Now somebody comes by, buys it, activates it, and then they steal the money. Wow, I, I had not seen it, that. I, I just saw it yesterday. So then but do you, you think can't... it would be better off to just give cash then? Yeah, cash is good, but a gift card's nice too. Now, if I let's say I bought you something for Christmas, you can almost guess what I paid for it, right? Yeah, sure. You know, that's it. I mean, a gift, you know, t- kind of makes that the secret. On I love you sixteen ninety five worth. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just saying you kind of like know what it's going to cost yeah. anyway. Yeah. But I think the gift card is more practical. Uh, you know, put a hundred bucks in there and the yeah. gift card and give it to your brother or something. I don't know. Yeah. All right, Mark. That's just my thinking. Hey, man. Uh, appreciate you. Have a Merry Christmas. All right. Uh, let's go to Jay Inovi. What's up, Jay? Hey, Chris. Hey. Uh, love the topic this afternoon. Always enjoy your show. But Thanks. That's Thanks. pretty cool. You know, um, I couldn't enjoy Christmas growing up until we got our responsibilities for Easter done. Mm-hmm. And so my mother was a great cook and baker, but she would make a fruitcake with a, a couple of different kinds of nuts, but then these jellied or dried fruit chunks in it uh, that she got, like, at a bakery store or something. And we would make those loaves, and then she would stand up three of them into these tin cans that were 10 or 12 inches tall. And for Italian red wine that she'd get at the Dearborn Italian Bakery, over the top of it, put the cover on it, and we would store it till Easter. And I got to tell you, they were the most moist fruit cakes you've ever had. And I wish I had the recipe of all of her cooking. None of my siblings have that recipe, and I miss it. Oh, Jay, I'm After sorry about that. After we got that done, then we could go on to Christmas cookies and plan for the dinner for Christmas. Yeah, it's good stuff, Jay. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Have a Merry Christmas. Good at all. Thanks so much. Yeah, you got it.
uh, 800-859-0957. All right, let's do this. I've got the definitive list of movie quotes of the top Christmas movies of all time. And I, I we'll, we'll play a little stump the staff here. If you want to call in, we'll give you an opportunity uh, to get in on the fun as well. Dave, can we have a little bit mood music, please? There we go. All right. Rich Lazinski also joins us. Yeah. Hi, Richard. Great to be um, here with you. By the way, you're worth more to me than 1695. Thank you. 1995. 1995. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, by the way, d- no diehard quotes on here, which means it's not a Christmas movie. Mm. It's not a Christmas movie. Mm. That's what that means. I do also want to say I love I watched Love Actually last night. What a horrific piece of filmmaking that was. <laughs> wow. You're just wrong on so many levels here. Have with you Die seen Hard. that? Wow. That is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Love Actually? I love that movie. Yes. Are it's you a great out movie. of your mind? No, it's a it great was movie. awful. I well, mean, I think we established awful. earlier with the dog conversation that you might not have a soul. I know. Soul. I don't know. <laughs> You might We're not have wrong. to investigate that in the new year. There was a question uh, that's floating. It went viral. Some lady said on TikTok that uh, somebody offered her $200,000 for her dog, and she said no. <laughs> if somebody offered me $200,000 for an animal, I'm taking that money. No offense. Merry Christmas. All right, here we go. Richard? Yeah. You're a cinephile? Uh, sure. I do attend the cinema to... Uh... Inter weekly, bi weekly. How about this one? Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a Tyler Perry film. <laughs> it's a Tyler Perry film. It's, either, it's a Medea. Uh, Medea's in it. <laughs> that is Miracle on 34th Street. Ding, ding, ding. Well done, Richard. Thank Very you. nice. Tyler Perry's Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> that's right. Um, Brian. Uh oh. If you're worried and you can't sleep, count your blessings instead of sheep. Then you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. Something makes me want to say Miracle on 34th Street, but no, I don't think that's guess. wrong. White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Christmas. By the way, Christmas I would be terrible yeah. at this. It's yeah. So thankfully, I'm the one asking the questions. <laughs> Danielle. Uh-oh. Wow. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Christmas was on its way. Lovely, glorious, beautiful Christmas upon which the entire kid year revolved. Oh, this one's easy. What? This well, one's again, easy. Repeat on. Christmas was on its way. Lovely, glorious, beautiful Christmas upon which the entire kid year revolved. What? It, it, it's a quote from a movie. You know this. It's a movie, a film. Oh, my God. The one with the boy in the pink outfit and the... What's that called? Mm. That's a pretty simple title. A Christmas Story. <laughs> a Christmas Story. Well done. Ding, ding. It's like, I knew she knew this. So ding, ding. Know this. Tyler Perry's Christmas Story. Uh, Richard. Uh-oh. Yeah. We're not just doing this for us. We're doing this for all the kids. For every kid who ever sat on Santa's lap. That. Oh, <laughs> boy. That's from... We're not just doing this for us. We're doing it for the kids, for every kid who ever sat on Santa's lap. That's from Jingle All the Jingle Way. Jingle All the yeah. Way. Oh, wow. Did I really get it? You did. Excuse me. Tyler Perry's Jingle, Jingle All, all the, the Way. <laughs> Brian, what if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little more? This feels like the Grinch who stole Christmas. How the, the Grinch stole Grinch. Yeah. Uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. That's right. Danielle. 
Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I feel like I need to give Danielle easy ones. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. All right. All right, here's an easy one for Danielle. Ready? Okay. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? <laughs> Is it Rudolph? <laughs> Is it Rudolph? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I think she just got lucky. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Richard. Tyler Perry's House of Red Noses. I suppose it all started with the snow. You see, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow that made the happy happier and the giddy even giddier. A snow that make a homecoming homier and a natural enemy's friends natural. Wow. <sighs> wow. Wow. That. Come on, Rich. We got faith in you. That do one... you know this, Brian? No, I do not. I have faith in Rich. <laughs> not myself. <laughs> Hold on a second. You want that again? That. Yeah. Do it one more time, please. I suppose it all started with the snow. You see, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow that made the happy happier and the giddy even giddier. A snow that make a homecoming homier and natural enemies friends natural. That is from the 1988 film Die Hard. (laughs) Tyler Perry's Die Hard. Hold on. No, I know that. You know it. Yeah. This is from, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> this is from Love Actually. Love Actually. It's Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. That's said, not even a movie. Frosty Richard, the, the made-for-television uh, presentation. Brian. <laughs> Brian, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Yeah. Oh, 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 he gets oh. that one. Ah. Wait a minute. Oh, it's uh, is that Home Alone? It is. Yeah. Technically oh, Home Alone 2. Uh, well, I'm oh. sorry. That's Lost a half point. Not a big Tyler fan of those Perry's either house. of those movies. Uh, Danielle. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy oh, corn, and syrup. Yeah. Elf. Elf. Uh, Richard. Yeah. Here comes another hard one for you, Rich. You have such a pretty <laughs> face, you should be on a Christmas card. I gotta go do traffic. <laughs> that is from Tyler Perry's House of Die Hard. <laughs> it is from Elf. Elf. That's right. That's easy. Elf it is. He's talking to the lady who sings. Yeah. What's that lady? What's name? her name? Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. All right, hold on. I got to give one I more like here. Uh, Brian gets the last word. Uh oh. And then we uh, we got to take a break. Uh, I don't think I've done this one. Looking for a tough one. Then. Yeah, real tough one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hear here. This is for Brian because it's such a great film. Uh oh. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love is actually all around. <laughs> it's a great movie. That's Yuck. a great movie. Blech. You and I are As I tell my kids, blech. Did this. you see the uncut version, though? I saw some version. Okay. I, there's, the, apparently there's an airplane version going the com- around. The complaint is there's, nude, there's nudity in it in portions. Did you see the one with I, some nudity I in did. it? I did. Yes, okay. I did. Ooh. But, well, I, but and you still some didn't people. like it. I, I, I came in at a weird time, and I'm like, my my wife's watching. I'm like, what is this? Like, there's like a thousand different storylines. Yeah, there's like six or eight different uh, stories. It, 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 that all, you, you get a lot of real character development oh, when you're following a, a thousand different people. Oh. All right. Got to take a break. Mornax on JR Afternoon. I'm with you, Chris. That movie sucked. All right. Welcome back. Steve Courtney, Ken Brown, join us. Hello, hello. All right. I got a couple questions. Oh, 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 oh. You have to have this to make it Christmas.
whether that's a food, a tradition, a decoration, you got to have the, if you have this, you know it's Christmas. What is that for you? Uh, just off the top of my head, obviously, family. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy to have my Ooh. daughter and son-in-law and my two grandsons and my oh, you got everybody up four-month-old granddaughter. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. Life is good. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. All right. So family. You going to punk out, too? Say I'm something to easy? Because this is such a deep question. I need about two seconds to answer. Uh, besides the 100-proof fruitcake? Yeah. Um, 100 proof. The 100-proof Good God almighty. <laughs> There's a family tradition <laughs> right there. I know exactly how the brown Christmas goes. That's Holy right. 100-proof. And, and it keeps going on and on and on. Um, the one thing tradition. You know what? As funny as this is, and I know it sounds corny, but trimming your Christmas tree with your family is an event that I do every year, and it's, it's, it becomes fun. You know, we have drinks. You yeah. just drink. See, the theme is going on in the brown yeah. house. So yes, You yes. have drinks, and you, you put the tree together, and you decorate it differently or the same every year. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that's a family tradition that we've been living by. And uh, people paint me as a booze bag. Yeah, all right. You ever had a silver tree? No. Do they no. still Do they still sell those? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you could probably get one. Because one member of my family used to, that was every tree every year. The silver it was a silver one. tree. Yeah, the I, silver I, fake yeah, tree. Silver Do you trim fake. the tree with popping corn? No, no. I like the lights, and I like the um. I, I put little fruit, uh, candy canes on there, candy on there, whatever. Oh, yeah. But no, no popcorn. All right. Ken's uh, silver tree. Ken, mm-hmm. Ken, your silver tree. Was there a light that went in front of it that spun different colors? Yeah, my right, grandparents right, had that tree. Right, right. Yes. With the little bulb. Yeah, yep. exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Vinny's in Allen Park. He's the last caller of 2023. What's up, Vin? Hey, hey thanks for having me on. Um, our tradition at my house, we're uh, originally from Naples, Italy. Uh-huh. And every Christmas we have uh, lasagna with brajol. Ooh. Oh, brajol. It's steak rolled up and cooked yeah. in the sauce. Very interesting. Mm. That's good nothing, stuff. Nothing better. What time are you expecting me tonight? Yeah. Anytime you want to stop by, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be ready. All right, Vin, have a nice Christmas, my man. <laughs> you also. All right, talk to you next year. Uh, Lions got a big game coming up this weekend. Lomas Brown, the color analyst, and, of course, uh, host of Sports Wrap here on WJR. Lo, what, what's the thing that you got to have in order for it to be Christmas in the Brown household? Oh, wow. That was a great question. I was trying to think of that while I was listening to you guys. Because Don't you know, say booze. Whatever you say. He's a brown, uh, isn't he? All right. You got to have an ugly sweater. You got ugly, to, sweater. Oh, ugly sweater. All right. Very good. You know, that's when you know it's Christmas time. When you break out the ugly sweaters and people are wearing their ugly sweaters around. Out of way. Or as Ken Brown yeah. refers to it as casual attire. <laughs> Lo, we got a big game this weekend, divisional matchup against the Vikings. What are you looking at here? Well, I mean, again, the Lions have been doing great, you know, all season long with going on the road um, and facing tough divisional opponents. Uh, They didn't work out in Chicago, but I do think that they're ready uh, for the Vikings. There's so much on the line, just so much. I mean, you want to try to wrap up the division if you can, this Sunday, uh, you don't want things to linger out there. You don't want, you know, just too many things can happen. So it's going to be a tough game, though. I've been watching Minnesota 
They got some weapons. Of course, we know what they are at the quarterback position, but they do have some guys that can wreck a game for you on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be a tough game, and I expect us to win it, to be honest. Uh, well, thankfully, if you're if you're Ken Brown, you don't like Jared Goff outside, but as long as he's inside, he's good. That's and they right. got an indoor game this inside week. Inside golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that being that being said, fellas, nobody in the league blitzes more than Brian Flores in this Vikings D. Go. And let the records indicate, uh, Jared Goff has thrown five picks in blitz situations. All right. hey, Take care the of the ball. I'm calling it now. I'm calling hey, it now. He's hitting it on the head, man, and they disguise it well too. So you know they disguise the blitz it up. They don't just show you they coming all the time. They do, but they don't. So it's gonna be tough on them, I think. And the crowd noise. Crowd noise too. But this team, this team, Lomas. What is your impression on their mental state right now? Are they trying to finish this thing this weekend? Got to. You have to, and that's the mentality of the coaches. That's got to be the mentality of the players. They don't want to stretch this out. Like I say, it's just too many things can happen. And we know, I hate to say the injury thing, especially how prevalent that can be in the NFL. It's just too many things. So you have to go and finish it. And I think it would be nice and it would be a good sign for them to finish them. Finishing yeah. on the road in a tough place. I think I think we all think that the addition of C.J. Gardner Johnson back is a big one for this team. He is out. A- Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, he is out. Mm. Aiden Hutchinson did say though that he was already trying to start fights in in right. practice. <laughs> what, what, what is what is that energy bring to this team at this time of year? Is that is that a, a good energy you want to introduce this late in the season? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. AKA Benny Blade. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know we needed the hatchet back there, man. We needed that attitude. We needed somebody in the in the backfield of our defense that brought attitude, that could bring the big hits. That's what Benny did for us. That's what CJ can do for this team, and that's what he does for this team. He's the emotional leader. I know they had to be happy that he's back around the locker room, back around practice. That just brings guys up just to see him back and knowing that it's a possibility they're going to yeah. get him soon. Low. Another uh, interesting thing quickly, yeah. uh, the two Iowa tight ends, obviously Sam, Sam uh, yep. Porter making a name for himself, and T.J. Hawkinson, the former Lion, um, both having a year. Both having a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, get home in time, Lomas. Yeah, I'll see you, cuz. Get home in time uh, Sunday night after the game, Christmas Eve, so you can get that bicycle put together at night. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good Christmas, Lo. We'll talk to you next. We'll talk to you New Year's. All right. All right. That's that's Take Lomas care. Brown. He'll be back at six or seven with me and Lomas tonight. So yeah, good. Stay All tuned. Right. We got All something. Right, we gonna talk about you tonight. Oh, good. Yes. So you'll have zero listeners. One hour of tremendous. Uh, one hour of you. Yeah. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys got coming up today? Man, your guess is good as mine. No, we get to Christmas time. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas. Christmas. Christmas celebration. Man, come we on. did. We did a lot of Send Christmas you out stuff right. today. That's right. We did a lot of Christmas. Nothing stuff heavy today. today. Uh, you want You want a couple Christmas quotes here? Please. All right, Danielle, the music, please. She's not listening. Danielle, Tremendous. Please. The wheels are falling off. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let me see here. Let me find a good one. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Stop it. That's pretty deep. Pretty deep. All right, Danielle. Hit it. The Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Apparently, that's her favorite movie ever. Oh, I see. All right, let me give you something a little easier. 
Oh, and we're guessing this. Yes. Oh, I thought you were doing some profound. Right. I thought you were just throwing it out. That was a long time. Steve, I thought he was deep for a second. Exactly. Now he just reads something. And I'm thinking, this isn't the Chris Renwick I know. I know. Yeah, how about this one? I was impressed with you for about two seconds. Here's one. Always pay cash for underwear. What is that? All right. All right, give us one. Give us one. No, I was going to. Don't give us one. No. You know what? I was having a nice day. <laughs> and then you got... All right, Mitch, I'm on the crew coming in next. Love you guys. Have a good Christmas. See you next year.